Well, good morning. My name is Greg Vaccaro. I'm one of the pastors here. I'd like to welcome you all. It's good to see this place full. Thank you for being here. Yeah. And thank you for joining us online, too. And I don't see any slides. There we go. So today, we're talking about which one are you like? You know, and as I was praying this past week over this message, I'll be honest with you, I was thinking about Thanksgiving. I was trying to reflect over the past year, and I, I just, the more I tried to reflect, the more I was getting distracted, right? I was getting distracted by just a lot, all the stuff going on in our world. And I was thinking about, you know, Thanksgiving's past, where if, if, you're, if you would come to my house on Thanksgiving Day, my wife makes an incredible meal. Some of the kids, well, we try to help her, but like she just, she's master. I don't know, women, men, I don't know how you get everything to come out at the same time, but like she's just got this thing down, like rolls are coming out, this coming out, that's coming out. It's like get out of the zone, just clear out because she's a, a dynamo, you know? Um, but over the meal at some point, we usually try to go around and we ask ourselves, you know, hey, so what are you thankful for this year? You know, and, and like as the kids were growing up, you know, they're thankful for, for family. I would say we're thankful for health. Maybe one of the kids would say they're thankful for mom. Um, but, uh, you know, they would, then there was a Sunday school answer. I'm thankful for Jesus, you know. Be like, oh boy, you know, could you get something together here? But those are the typical answers. But you know, this Thanksgiving could look a little different. Because how do you be thankful for COVID? You know, how do you be thankful? Anybody have family where, like, your family doesn't know what to do? Do we gather? Do we not gather? Like, it's just, it's complicated. Suppose you've got a quarantine and are you allowed to, like, ugh, it's just such a mess. Um, so we're living in challenging times, and, and with that backdrop, I want to ask ourselves the question, which one are you like? It'll make more sense at the end, but to get yourselves in the mood, because I'm kind of painting a downer picture, but this isn't a downer message. So to get yourselves in the mood, I got a video I want you to watch, and then we're going to come back up here. Uncle Jeff, have you seen the last piece of pumpkin pie? Mm. What did it look like? Come on, you're like 50 years old. You should know how pie looks. 50? Oh, come on. Can you even count to 50? Uncle Jeff, I got some questions for you. Yes? Why do we have turkey on Thanksgiving? Because when cooked properly, every four or five years, it's delicious. Okay, so then why would we have green bean casserole then? Touche. Why can't we have a whip plate? But that's the pie. Ah, uh, clearly it's not stopping you. Why did mom have a full plate of stuffing when she's on keto? Because carbs are comforting. Why can't I just lick my plate? If I'm in charge of the dishes, I actually encourage that. Why are there no unicorns in the Bible? Why am I not allowed to sit close to the TV? Why does water taste different in Nana's house? Why isn't Grandpa allowed to have salt? Why is gravy brown? Why am I not allowed to touch the air freshener? Why does Cooper pick his nose so much? Why does Mom call me by my sister's name? Why do we plant all the time? Why can't I eat grass? Why can't I sit in Dad's chair? Why is Sunday school called Sunday school? Why do cows have four stomachs? Why do parents whisper when they get mad? Why do old people write in person? Why do babies have no teeth? Why is baseball so boring? Why do fish have no lungs? Why is Thanksgiving before Christmas? I know why. 
You know why what? I know why Thanksgiving comes right before Christmas. <sighs> okay. Tell me. Why does Thanksgiving come right before Christmas? Because it reminds us to be thankful that God sent us Jesus. <laughs> I never thought of that before. <laughs> I like that. All right. Now, hit me with some of that whipped cream, girl. Well, I hope you thought that was cute. I did. So just taking a poll, who actually likes turkey? Raise your hand. The turkey lovers here. And what about green bean casserole? That's actually one of my favorites. As I love, I've always loved I, that kid. What does she know? Who, who says you can't be smarter than a fifth grader? Come on. Um, yeah, what, is, what does she know? But, you know, have you ever been in a conversation and, you know, you find yourself saying, you know what, you always do this. And then someone comes back and says, always? Do I really always do that? What about here when I didn't do it? And, and, and then you might say, you know what, you never do that. Really never? And, and like someone just picks apart your always and never. How many of you have ever had that, right? Where you use always and never and you're like, I should just not have used those words. So I, I try to stay away from always and never because it just gets me into trouble. But there's a scripture where Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5, he doesn't just use one always and one never, but like he puts them back to back, always, never, always. And I'm like, oh my gosh, why would he do this? There's got to be a reason for it. So this morning, I want to I just park here in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. And Paul says this, always be joyful Never stop praying, being thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. You know, so it's not just he's saying always and never and always, but then he lays the heavy Christian guilt on you because this is God's will. Like, how do you get out of that one? You can't. So always be joyful. Anybody always joyful? Right? Are you joyful when you skin your knee? Are you joyful when you bang your thumb with a hammer? Like, are you always joyful? No, that's really hard to be, always joyful. What about never stop praying? Okay, you know what? I can set an alarm reminder to pray three times a day or four times a day, but do you ever stop praying? Yeah, I do. I, I, I don't pray all day long. But then he says, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will. For those of you who belong to Christ Jesus, I'm like, Paul, you are laying it on thick here, like with three different things. I'm not sure I can grasp one of them, but you've just, you just broadened it out to three things. You know, and, and that never stop praying. Were you here last week for Kevin's message on prayer? If, if you weren't here, like, you've got to go back to the website. I was talking with him earlier this week, and I'm like, Kevin, there were so many good things. Like, not only the door, that was epic, right? But but just what he would talk about, okay, dribble with your, with your head up, right? And, and when you pray, like, don't just, you know, pray for your needs and, and your four, you know, square, uh, the things around you, but just dribble with your head up. Or, or when he said, you know what, the open book test versus asking the teacher for the answers right in the middle of the test. <laughs> like, I'm like, we can go to God every day in prayer and ask him for the answers that we need for the day. That's revolutionized my day, just thinking about that as I'm praying in the morning. God, like, I don't know what you've got for me, but help me, Jesus. I need the answers right as I'm going through the test. 
So Paul tells us, never stop praying, but be thankful in all circumstances because it's God's will. You know, so when someone tells me it's God's will, I'm like, okay, I can buy that. Like, I, if, I, if it's a God's will thing, I understand, and I've come to a point in my life where, where I recognize that I don't always get it because God is a lot bigger than me. You know, and, and just, I got to give a shout out to these Teen Challenge guys. You know, I, I want to encourage you. Um, I got saved when I went to see the Cross and the Switchblade movie when I was 10 years old. This was 1971, man. That's, it was right after it was released. I saw that movie. I answered the call. Great. I mean, just such an amazing ministry. My brother-in-law has, has been through the program probably 20 years ago. He is sober today. Like, like, it works. It works. So stop by their table. I just had to say that. So not in my notes. Um, but yeah, you know, so, so when we think about someone says, this is God's will for you. Like, I understand God's will is bigger than who I am, all right? So maybe I don't have to grasp this picture of giving thanks in all things, but I can say, Lord, I, I want to step into that. Like, I, I want to enter what you have for me. And I, was, I heard it recently of a grandfather who was talking to his grandkids and trying to teach them this concept of thanksgiving. So he asked them to go to their rooms, they were a little bit older, and to pray for 10 minutes. And he said, now, when you pray, I want you to, to, you know, this is the guidance I'm giving you. Pray as if whatever you don't give thanks for is going to be disappearing tomorrow. I'm like, wow, that's a cool trick. I got to try that when my grandkids go to I don't know that they'd understand it now. They're still a little bit young, but like that would be a cool thing to do. So what if, what if I asked us, what if everything that we hadn't thanked God for this week would disappear tomorrow? What would disappear? I'm like, oh, wow, a lot of things might disappear. Like, I might, I might stop breathing. I might stop my heart beating, right? What are all the things that you, you just never really thank God for? The ability to walk. Ah, uh, uh, yikes. I, I would lose all function and all ability if this, was, if this was actually true. But shouldn't we be thankful for that? Shouldn't we thank God for the things that, that you know, he's brought to us in this life? You know, I think this concept pretty quickly would help us measure, are we a thankful person or not, right? Do we focus on the things God has given us or are we usually focused on what we're still reaching for and grasping for or what we don't have? You know, and after service today, I would say probably all of us are likely going to get in a car and drive home, right? So, so we're not only going to drive home, but then we're going to park on the street or, or in the driveway or in the garage and we're going to walk into the place that we dwell like, it's got a roof, it's probably got heat, you've got a bed to sleep in, you know, there's food in the refrigerator, and, and just driving a car alone puts us in the top 9% of the wealthiest people in the world. So, so here we are, like, there's incredible wealth in this room, incredible wealth when you can compare it to the world. But how many of us feel like we're poor? How many of us feel like we don't have enough? Or, or we're wondering, where is this going to come from? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, sometimes it's a perspective change that, that we have. And, um, you know, I was thinking, when I was thinking of perspective and thinking about being grateful, I thought, okay, you know what? So it's easy to give thanks when things are going well, isn't it? When, when life is going well, your bills are paid, your car is working, your job is a good job. Like, okay, God, I can be thankful for this. But what about when life isn't going so well? Like Paul said, be thankful in all circumstances. Can you really be thankful then? And here's, a, here's some guys, Paul and Silas. Right? When, you, when you look at Acts 16, 
it says they were going to a place of prayer and they met this slave girl. But she wasn't just an ordinary slave girl. She was a slave girl that was filled with a demonic spirit that allowed her to tell fortunes. And her masters were making money off of this spirit in her that would tell fortunes. But she sees Paul and Silas and you know what she starts to do? She says, these men are servants of the Most High God. You know, follow them, they'll tell you how to be saved. And wherever they went, this servant girl is coming and saying these words. And it's, it's super annoying and distracting. So finally, Paul just turns to her and he casts the spirit out of her. And she's set free. Her, her, uh, you know, the masters are all upset now because they've lost their ability to make wealth. So they drag Paul and Silas out into town square and they start to tell lies. Like these people... You know, they're teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. They weren't teaching customs that were illegal, but like they make stuff up. Paul and Silas get beaten and they're put into prison. All right, so now you're Paul and Silas. You're like, I, I didn't deserve this. I was, God, I was serving you. And they beat me up. They threw me into prison. They locked my feet in the stocks. I don't know. I, I'd probably be having a pity party if that were me. Maybe, maybe you'd be different. I'm not really sure, but... Paul and Silas are in prison, and what do they start to do? They start to sing. They start to sing praises to God. All the prisoners heard, and at midnight, I don't know how long they've been singing, an earthquake comes, and the earthquake, you know, just somehow it it breaks their stocks. All the prisoners are free. The gates swing open, but yet the roof doesn't collapse. No one dies. It's just an incredible miracle, and the jailer comes. The jailer gets saved. It's like it's crazy. How did God do that? Well, you know what? They were thankful right in the midst of, of where they were. But this is when they were doing something right. You know what? I don't often have those situations, honestly, where I'm doing something right and I got to be thankful. I'm doing something right. I'm feeling like I'm doing something right. What about when you do something wrong? What about when you're like, okay, I'm the one that screwed up. So now I'm getting what I deserve if things aren't going very well. Well, think about Jonah. Jonah was in a fish. Why? Because he was running away from God. Right? He, was, he was going the wrong direction, and God just stops him in his tracks. Right, they got to throw him overboard. He's swallowed by a fish. Now he's in the belly of this whale. Did you ever go read Jonah 2? Like it says when he's in the belly of the whale, God, I'm going to give you thanks. Like that's what Jonah does. He gives thanks. He's the one that messed up. But he still gives God thanks in the middle of it. And what happens? Amazing. The, the fish vomits him up on dry land. He gets another chance. Like, come on. Or how about, are you ever thankful for when God doesn't answer your prayers? This is a tough one, isn't it? Because so many of us, like, we pray and we're like, God, like, I'm believing in faith. I've got the prayer of agreement. I've done everything. I've thrown salt over my shoulder and the whole thing, right? And then God doesn't answer your prayer. And you're like, wait a minute. Lord, I thought... Thought it was supposed to work like if I pray, you answer. No, God never said that. He said that he's going to work all things out together for your good. But sometimes his answer is to not answer your prayer. Right? But I'll tell you this. God, is never, God never gives us the silent treatment. It's not that God's like, you know what? I'm going to let you burn a little bit longer. You know, you're not cooked yet. I'm just going to go silent on you. He's not giving you the silent treatment. He's not mad at you when he doesn't answer your prayer. He sees something greater that you don't see. So Paul is another example of this. Did you know that in 2 Corinthians 12, 
Paul asked God three times for something. He prayed. This is, this is Paul. Paul wrote like most of the New Testament. If this guy has unanswered prayer, why would I think I'm not going to have unanswered prayer? But Paul is praying three times, God, would you remove this thing from me? And God says, no, my grace is sufficient for you, Paul. In your, in your weakness, am I made strong? There's something, there's something here that we're missing. When Paul says to be thankful in all things, it's not because he's trying to give you a downer and say, wow, this is super hard and you're not going to be able to do it. No, there's something you've stepped into by faith when you can start to be thankful for all things. But, you know, here's what the enemy does. Instead of, instead of encouraging us, the enemy does what? He tells us lies. And the lie is this. Are you doing something wrong? Okay, was Paul doing something wrong? No. But God said, you know what, I've, I've given you this affliction because I want you to learn something more of my grace. So now I come to the title of my message, which is, which one are you like? And it's really about the ten lepers. You remember the ten lepers? This is found in Luke 17. Luke 17, 11 says this, as Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And as he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And he looked at them and he said, go show yourselves to the priests. So Jesus didn't heal them. He didn't heal them. Amazing, right? Everybody usually gets healed when they come to Jesus. Jesus didn't heal them. He says, go. Show yourself to the priest. And on their way, as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. So one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back to Jesus' cell and he praised God and he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go, for your faith has healed you. You know, so this is a funny little cartoon because even though these guys were healed, like one of them says, sure, my leprosy is healed, but I'm still ugly, right? He's, he's focusing on what he's not. He's not focusing on what just happened. The other guy goes, what I really need is a new coat. Like, seriously, you just got healed a leprosy, dude, Right? I could do with a lift back to town. You mean I got to walk all the way to the priest? I don't really want to have to walk. Oh, where's my lift? And one guy is concerned because he's got the hiccups, right? And only one goes back to Jesus. So which one are you like? Which one am I like? Are we focused on what we don't have? Or, or even when God works in a miraculous way, are we focused on still what we need more to happen to us? Or we're like, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done in my life. See, there's something about when, when Paul tells us, be thankful in all things. And, and the remarkable thing is the, the one man that came back, he was the Samaritan. He was the non-Jew. He was the one that hadn't grown up in the church. Right, what about you and I? Sometimes we, we grow up in the church like we know so much about God that we're like, yeah, I, I want more. And we really, we're just selfish in what we want. Instead of giving God thankfulness in all things, no matter where we are. But I, I think it's remarkable when Jesus says, you know what, it's your faith that's healed you. Well, what about the other nine? Did they not have faith? You know what, there's something that rose up when this guy went back with thankfulness to Jesus. Jesus remarked about his faith. He didn't remark about the other nine's faith and what healed them. He just remarked about this person. 
And I think for us to be thankful in all circumstances, it really takes faith to do that, doesn't it? It takes faith to believe, God, you've got a plan that's bigger than who I am. God, you hold the universe in your hand. Lord, while, while I may not understand the four squares around me and what you're doing, God, I'm going to trust you in, in what you're doing. Right? That takes faith to believe in, and it's by faith that we step into something here. Right? If, if you want to be thankful in all things, you've got to enter it in by faith. Because sometimes sight, man, it's not easy when you're looking with your eyes and saying, okay, my car broke, and I lost my job, and I'm going to get it. Like, how do you be thankful in some of those times? You can't in your own strength, but you can when you enter it in by faith. And this is what I want to step into by faith as we close today. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, don't worry about anything. I love, man, it's not that don't worry about most things. No, don't worry about anything. This is the always and never Paul, right? So don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Even the little things, no, pray about everything. Everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. For all that he's done. Past, present, what he's going to do, future. Thank him for all that he's done. Why? Because then you're going to experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Like if that isn't a promise we all want to enter into, right? But we have to enter into it by faith. So if you're challenged by this scripture, I got to tell you, I'm challenged by this scripture. Because I feel like I do pray about everything. But you know what? I don't always have the peace that passes understanding that exceeds all I can understand, right? I don't always have that. So I've shared with you the story. If you were here over the summer, you probably heard it. But my sister about a year and a half ago got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And when she told me that diagnosis, like in my mind, it's a death sentence. She's going to be dead in a month, you know, and, and I'm just a basket case. But, you know, from her diagnosis, she was going to have surgery in, a, in less than a week's time. And I could hardly even call her on the phone and talk because I was afraid. I didn't want to, like, discourage her and say, Gina, have you looked at any of these things that, like, what it says online? But I, it was just so hard for me to pray. Every time I prayed, I cried. So anyway, fast forward. She has the surgery. She's cancer-free. They took her entire pancreas, so she's a diabetic. But, like, you know, would you rather have diabetes or would you rather be dead? I'll take diabetes. So she's been living cancer-free for the past year. She visited us over the summer. It was an amazing triumph. Okay, yeah, praise the Lord for that, right? So you'd say, Greg, that's not hard to be thankful for. Like, of course you'd be thankful for that. Okay, a couple of months ago, I'm talking with her. She's like, yeah, I went for blood work and my cancer marker's up. And they're not sure why. I'm like, Gina, you know what? Like, that's just the enemy. We're going to pray in faith, believing. So, all right, time goes on. Her cancer marker's up. They finally do a PET scan and they see four more tumors um, behind where her pancreas was. You know, this time it's different. Because this time I have an experience of I saw what God did. Like God doesn't just save us to only let us drown again, right? God saves us that we would move on. This time the thankfulness, it's not hard for me to be thankful anymore. I do have the peace that passes understanding. Why? Because I've been through some stuff. Now, I don't know where you are in your journey. But as we were going through worship today, I just got this picture in my mind of Randy, can you just do the zoom out? Because I want people that are watching online to see this. You, you know the woman that, that had the issue of blood? For 15 years, it says she was bleeding and, and she, couldn't, she couldn't 
you know, she went to this doctor, this doctor, this doctor. And finally, there's Jesus in the town. And like, what does this woman do? This woman comes and she's like, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me. And she's walking through. And as she's walking through, she's like, I just have one thing in mind that I got to do. I got to get to Jesus. And I got to do what? I got to touch the hem of his garment. You know what? Some of us here this morning, we're trapped in ungratefulness. We're trapped in unthanks. We're not thankful for things. We need to step by faith into God. I'm going to be thankful for the life that you've given me. Lord, I don't know what you hold for my future, but I'm going to be thankful for it. Because when we step in by faith to what God has for us, he will do miracles in our lives. It may not be the miracle that you're saying, God, like I'm going to put in my quarter and expect the candy bar. It may not be that candy bar. But God is going to do something amazing. It's called, you know, in the crushing, there's new wine that comes. Amen. Would you stand with me as we close in prayer today? So I think God has something for all of us today. In in this give thanks in all things. But it's with intention that the woman went. And like, I mean, crowds, it was so tough. It said that Jesus like, who touched me? Have you ever been in a crowded place where like you can't, you're like you're touching everybody around you? I remember once we were, I was in a, in a, um, a subway car in Tokyo, Japan. It was the last subway of the night. And they have pushers because everybody's got to get in and they push you in. And like we're jammed up. My son Dan was next to me and he's like, dad, I can't move my arms. I'm like, that's good because I started like, yeah, I can't move my arms either. And it's probably one of those times that the crowd is pressing Jesus and he's like, who touched me? How did that woman get in between? Can you imagine like walking through that subway car, someone getting through? There's no way, but she did because she had intention to say, I just have to touch the hem of his garment. So why is Thanksgiving right before Jesus to quote that little girl in the movie? Right? So that we would remember that God sent us his son, Jesus. Like, if there's anything to be grateful for, it is the Sunday school answer, Jesus, but not just in a fake, superficial way. To say, God, you're the king of kings. You're the Lord of lords. I want you on my life, God. So, yeah, as we pray today, what is it that you want to see from God? What is it that you're not being thankful for that you're like, God, I got to step in by faith and just give you praise right in the middle of what I'm going through. That's what's called a sacrifice of praise, by the way, because it is a sacrifice. It costs us something. It's not, oh, this is easy. It's just not like falling off. Oh, I can give you praise when everything's going right. No, the sacrifice comes when you give him praise because things aren't going right. But right in the middle of it, God's got something just like that woman that touched the hem of his garment. So, you know, as we close and as you close your eyes today as we pray, I want you to think about this. What is it that keeps you up at night? What are you worried about that you're having a hard time trusting God or giving it to God? Because that's what I think God wants us to step into by faith today, that we would just give him praise for those things. You know, I've, I've felt the anxiety in the middle of the night. I've felt that overwhelmed feeling that I, my heart's racing and I can't go back to sleep. I try to pray, but like the prayers don't feel like, you know what? God wants us to just start to be grateful and thankful in those times. Because I think when we step into gratefulness and thankfulness, it opens up a whole new realm for us. So Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name today, God. Lord, the things that are, are upsetting to us, Lord, we lay them at your feet. As that Philippian scripture said, God, we're not going to be anxious about anything, but we're going to pray about everything. Lord, we give it to you. We pray 
And we, we ask you, Lord, we lay it at your feet, whatever the issues are in our life. Thank you, Jesus. And, and Lord, I know that you are more powerful than anything else, God. You created the heavens and the earth. You hold this world in your hand. Father God, I thank you that you're able to move in the situations. And we agree together by faith, Lord, for all the different situations represented here. God, we give them to you. We thank you for hearing our prayer. And God, now we want to step in by faith, Lord, to that thankfulness. Lord, that we would enter the peace that passes understanding, that exceeds anything that we could even ask or imagine, God. We enter into that peace today. Lord, individually and corporately, Father, we enter what, to what you have for us, Lord. That this Thanksgiving will be something different, God, because we'd be thanking you even for the issues that are going on around us. Knowing, Lord, that you're doing something amazing in our midst, we may not just have seen it today. So we trust you for our tomorrow. We thank you that you're with us. I pray your blessing over each one that's here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. It's great seeing you all. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for joining us online as well. God bless.